Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Basil Wilbur. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. so good to us. Amen. I want to turn to uh, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 22. Acts 2 and verse 22. Amen. We're going to call this Jesus nailed it. He definitely nailed it. It says, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by the miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered uh, by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. I just want to pray that God will give me an anointing to preach this message tonight. just want you to know that it's all about him. Amen. Amen. Jesus, we love you, Lord. Dear God, I ask you to bless tonight, Lord. Bless my lips as I speak. Give me wisdom, Lord. Dear God, if there are any distractions, Lord. Dear God, I ask you just to help us, Lord, through it, Lord, that we would hear your word tonight. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. People said amen. Amen. Why don't you shake somebody's hand on the way sitting down? Amen. 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 Aren't you glad that you go to church on Wednesday night? What else would you be doing on a Wednesday night? Amen. I was, I was cutting metal today thinking about, you know, just getting the opportunity to get to church. And, of course, I like to preach, so that it was an added benefit. But it was all day was on my mind that tonight we get to go to church, we get to sing, we get to see one another. And, boy, it's, it's good to be blessed with a church family. Amen. Amen. Well, the Lord, as we know, uh, if you're not a visitor here, you know that Jesus died for our sins. He did. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And only Jesus Christ could die for our sins. Amen. Amen. Well, Peter is here preaching like he really knew something. You know, I, I like Peter because Peter's like any one of us. He, he, um, he says things, he does things, and, you know, cuts Malchus's ear off, Jesus has to heal it. He, he, he says silly things at times, and then other times he preaches, preaches on the day of Pentecost. I mean, he's one of us. He's a person like us. Some days we have bad days, other days we have good days. Right? Isn't that the truth? Some days we walk across the floor and we got toilet paper stuck to our shoe. And other days we got really nice suits on and we look sharp. And depending on what day it is, is maybe the way that you might feel. Maybe um, you got a big paycheck, you feel great. You got a bill in the mail, you feel sad. Depending on what day it is. Amen? But in this situation, Peter is just like one of us. Um, you know, he does everything in threes. Uh, it's, he's, he, you would think he was a baseball player because he was always striking out. It was one, twice, three times. The Lord even has to come back later on and tell him that, Peter, if you love me, he has to tell him that three times. It's like for some reason, Peter is just one of those people that I had to talk to three times. And um, he's like one of us. 
Sometimes we may not get it the first time, the second time, and maybe we'll get it the third time. Sometimes we feel like a giant and we could go out and whip the whole world. Other times, little girls that are asking us, aren't you with the Christ? We're like, no, I don't even know the man. Uh, you know, so it depends on where, maybe what environment we're in, uh, what group we're around. But Jesus was on a mission. And his mission was to go to the cross. And all of us are on a mission, and we're actually in a co-mission with him. But he had a mission to go to the cross. And it's funny how Peter, later on, if you, if, let's say that if you never knew pre-Peter, like before the cross, and you knew him after the cross, you would say, that guy was amazing. Well, I want to just tell you something about yourselves tonight. You know this book right here? When I read through it, it misses a lot of mornings, a lot of afternoons, a lot of conversations with the kids, a lot of conversations with the spouse. Sometimes it just seems like it hits on some really good times of their life. But in between those black letters, there's spaces in there. When those people act just like you or I, they weren't any different. These aren't superstars, just people. And the reason why that's important is because, thank God, he's a God of forgiveness. He's a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances. Sometimes many of us need more than that, and he's still there. As long as we're breathing, everybody go, you have a chance tonight. Amen? So let's go to um, Mark Chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8 and verse 31. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders, and of the chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he spake that, saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. This is one of Peter's um, not-so-smart things at the time. So other, you know, like Acts 2.38, that's great. But this one, really, Peter? I mean, this is Jesus. And he spoke to him openly, saying, and he rebuked him. Can you imagine rebuking Jesus? I mean, even on our worst day, we're not rebuking Jesus, right? At least not out in public. He did that. Now, all of us think that he's a great guy for all the other things he did. But in this situation, he didn't understand what the Lord's mission was all about. He was an ordinary person even though he was amongst greatness. So today I just want to teach you about the fact that Jesus needed to nail the situation. He needed to go to the cross and nail our sins. He needed to do something that we couldn't do. If you think about a nail, nails are used for all kinds of things. I have a story about a nail. Maybe you've heard this before, but there once was a little boy who had a bad temper His father gave him a bag of nails and told him every time he lost his temper, he must hammer a nail into the back of the fence. 
into the back fence. The first day, the boy had driven 37 nails into the fence. Doesn't that sound like some of us? When we're really having a bad day, do you sure you have enough nails in that bag? Over the next few weeks, he learned to control his anger. And the number of nails hammered daily gradually dwindled down. And he discovered it was easier to hold his temper than to drive those nails into the fence. Finally, the day came when the boy didn't lose his temper at all. His father told, father, he told his father about it. And his father suggested that the boy now pull out one nail for each day that he was able to hold his temper. The days passed and the young boy was finally able to tell his father, all the nails are gone. The father took his son by the hand and led him to the fence and he said, you have done well, my son, but look at all the holes in the fence. The fence will never be the same. And when you say something in anger and you leave a scar, just like this one, you can put a knife into a man and draw it out. It won't matter how many times you say, I'm sorry, the wound is still there. And the story is very similar to our story because he still has the nail prints in his hands. And, um, you know, Pastor used to always, Pastor Smoltz used to always say, be careful of taking what forgiveness you've gotten for granted. You don't want to hurt him one more time. You don't want to hurt him again. Nail it to the cross just one more time. And, you know, folks, the truth of the matter is, he did that for us, but there was nail prints in his hands. And um, when I think about the Lord's hands, um, I'll tell you a story. I, I teach welding, obviously. You all know me. We're family. Um, but in case this tape gets to Australia... Uh, or someplace in a far country and they, they sell it for $1,000. I'm a welder. Anyways, so I, I'm, I teach welding. So welding is one of those things where you, you, you tell them the theory, you give them an example, and then you watch them do it. But I'm a master welder. I'm not just your ordinary welder. I'm a master welder. So I watched the students as they're welding, doing their thing. And then I remember one particular time I had taught this class and they were all welding and this one guy was almost getting it. I mean, he, could, he was almost there, right? So I slide the curtain apart, John, and I walk in and I tell this guy, this guy is a great big burly guy. And, uh, you know, he definitely was, was a man. And um, so I walk in there and I said to him, I said, now don't think I'm funny or anything, but I'm just going to hold your hand and I'm going to show you how to weld this. And at first he kind of looked at me like, I don't know about somebody holding my hand. And I didn't sneak up on him either because he's quite a big fella and I didn't want him to think that I just hold everybody's hand. But I grabbed his hand and it wasn't a matter of seconds because of the position that he was in and because of the places that he had been and the things that he had learned, all I had to do is grab his hand with my hand and just start welding a little bit. Welding a little bit. Because I'm the master welder. And then I took my hand off. And you couldn't tell where I had stopped and he had started. And he had welded that thing. Because he had been touched by the hand of the master welder. 
And I think about the Lord like that. Many times we, we learn all things, we learn Bible studies, we come to church, we do all those things, and we're in a tough situation, and we're really struggling to learn something. And just like my grandma told me one time, she was, she was just about um, her last day, she was walking down the hall of the hospital, and she was feeling lonely and scared. And all of a sudden, she said she felt a hand come and touch her on her back. And she thought it was one of the nurses or, you know, one of the, one of the doctors or somebody had touched her. And she turned to look, and there was nobody there, but she could still feel the hand. And she told me, she said, Basil, I feel like God touched my back. And he walked with me down that hallway. Because sometimes we need something more than us. We need the master. Amen. And only the master with his hands can do what we cannot do. And we, you know, we try to fix things like, like this poor guy on here. I feel this guy's pain. Not, not because of the situation you sit in front of his wife, because of course my wife, she's always a very good communicator. But sometimes you get in a situation where you struggle and you can't quite figure out what's going on. So I feel the pain of this situation, but with the Lord... You know, we're, we're going through a struggle or this or that and a place maybe we'd never been before, but he had been there, right? He had been challenged like all of us in all things. He had been there before. So when somebody asks me, they say, you know, the first thing I start doing when I teach welding is I tell them right away, I, I send them all in the classroom right away before I ever even figure out who their names are. I tell them, I say, you have books in front of you, but they're just merely a reference. Because the person that you see, I am the book. I'm the 3D book to give you the welding. I'm going to do my best to teach you welding, and that book is going to be a reference for what we're going to learn. Not that the book is it, and then I'm going to... See, the Lord, the reason why this book is so magnificent is because he's the 3D, and he came alive... And he died for our sins. Therefore, this book now is important because it's a reference of who he is. Amen. He's the teacher. And he, he's the teacher because he went through it. It always amazes me of people that teach things that don't even know how to do it. The first questions the students ask is, well, how long have you been welding? And then I just slide my, my jacket up and I show my arms. Is this long enough? Not because I got muscles, because I got little burn marks. And if you've seen my arms, I, there's many burn marks on there. Because I have been welding for years. I have proof that I've been through this. The enemy wants you to think that you're doing this on your own. But you have proof that you have the master and he's been through this before. See, every situation that we're going through tonight, every difficulty, every problem, he already knows how to handle that. Amen? And the proof, he has the proof. The first thing um, is we need to nail self to the cross. Following Jesus means that I am no longer the center of my life, but he is. 
He's the center of my life. And if you're the center of your life, you have issues. But if he's the center of your life, you can be relieved. Because it's not all about you, it is all about him. Amen? The second thing is, we need to nail our security to the cross. You know, as an apostolic, many times, Mike, I often wonder why we buy so much insurance. Why we worry about so many things. Because if we really believe, no, there's nobody here selling insurance tonight, I hope, so I'm not hammering on insurance. I hope you all have as much insurance as you got. But anyways, if we really believed who he is, is who he is, we would believe that in all of his benefits. And we wouldn't be as worried about, you know, I remember one time, one of the MITs in Appleton, uh, the ministers in training, they were called MITs. And um, we, MITs used to meet once a month, and we had pizza, so I used to love it. I couldn't wait until MIT night, we'd sit with pastor, and he'd teach us. And one night, one of these guys that I was there with, uh, I thought it was going to be his last supper, but he said, in the midst of a conversation, he tells pastor that he spent thousands of dollars on a security system for his house. And, and I'm not, I'm not, if you've got a security system in your house, I'm not bashing that either. It was just a look on pastor's face. Well, have you give as much to missions as you have to the security? And I was like, man, I'm glad I didn't say anything about security. Wow. But he needed security around his house. Now, I think that we got the greatest security of all. Amen. Is he really God or is he pretend God? Is he really got our backs or just when we think he does? I think I'm secure in him. Amen. And sometimes we have to be for sure that we're secure when we go and witness or we do things. Sometimes we get in a dangerous situation and we got to really make sure that we're secure and we got to trust in him. I think he's got our back. But we need to nail security to the cross. We need to not worry in the middle of the night whether somebody's going to sneak in and take us or somebody's going to hurt us or, or Russia's going to uh, throw a bomb over here or one of those people. Um, when I was younger, uh, like around in my early 30s, I used to listen to the news all the time. I get so angry. It's like vessels would pop out of my head. And I would just want to hurt all kinds of things. Countries that I didn't even know about, never been to. I mean, I never left America other than a couple steps into Mexico. I don't know anybody. I don't know any place. But I would get angry. I would not like people because on the news, they told me these people are evil. So finally, and I would listen to, I would drive everywhere in my welding truck. And I would listen to talk radio. And folks, listen to talk radio. You can get so angry. I mean, you just want to hit something, and you're not sure even what it is. You just want to hit something. You're just mad. Who came and took my country away? And I just think sometimes we need to just turn some things off and just trust in him. Amen? Amen. If I hold on to my life, I will lose it. Yet if I let it go, I will save it.
if I just give it to God, I have life. If I don't, I've already lost it anyways. Amen? The next one is, I must nail success to the cross. Nail success to the cross. I don't think we always got to accomplish every goal we've ever thought we had. I think sometimes it doesn't really matter if we got the biggest farm or the biggest house or the biggest boat. Sometimes our success is in the fact that we came up here to the altar and seen one of our grandbabies. Now, I can't wait till I have a grandbaby. But see, not right now, though. I mean, <laughs> wait a little while. But come up and lift their hands up. And I couldn't imagine actually being able to go over there and pray for them and do those things. And I mean, <clears throat> the excitement. I, I think now, I wish I could have went back when my... My kids were younger. I wish I could go back now and, and be nicer to them and, and, and do things, you know, instead of, you know, you know, being dad. Like, I wish, but now if I have grandkids, I know how to, I don't know why that is, but now I know how to do it more. It would, be, it would matter more, you know. Going to the restaurant after church wouldn't matter as much as watching my grandbaby go up there instead of yelling at Jeanette, Jeanette, we gotta go. I gotta get a burger. I gotta get up work in the morning. Those days, don't, they don't, I'm not worried about those anymore. But at one time, man, I, I couldn't get out of church fast enough sometimes because I just had things to do. But success is not measured in the things that we, we surely own. You know, <clears throat> think about this one time. The closest you've ever felt to somebody usually is during a tragedy. It's usually during a loss or it's usually during, you know, um, I mean, I can tell you, my family, we, we laugh about things that at one time were not laughable. The boys were telling me the other day, they're like, man, I wouldn't even almost mind having a fireplace now, but at one time I hated a fireplace. Because when we didn't have any money to put in the propane tank, Dad, you made us go out there and cut all that wood. And, and I reminded them, I told them right where it was, I got them an axe. I mean, I wasn't out of the situation. I'm the one that bought the axe. And I'm the one that showed them where the wood was. You have to remind them, because sometimes the stories get, they don't remember it all. And, um, but now when we talk about those things, we laugh. And, and that's really what family was about. And that's really what the success is all about. It's generally not about um, stuff or, or getting things. And every time we get those things really is is that where our greatest day not usually not usually at all i know that when um some of these people have had their kids get the holy ghost up at camp since we've been here and you see them all giggle and laugh and and get all excited about things and about the 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 kids when they were doing the summer thing and they get all excited about that and people are all excited you can see that people, what they're really concerned about. Now, now I'm going to take this around here now and say, what do you think the Lord thinks? He loves to watch us do things. He thinks of us just like we think of our kids. And sometimes I, I remind him too, you know. If you really want to have a good time with me today, you could, uh, you know, give me a blessing. I'm your child. 
I smile. God loves us the way that we love our kids and more. Amen. We need to nail our thoughts of success to the cross and know that Jesus Christ is the greatest success story we're ever going to tell. That's it. And the last one is your status. Who are you? Sometimes when people ask me who I am, I can't remember which job I'm doing right now. I'm like, am I a pastor? Am I a dad? Am I a welder? You know, and I've had so many jobs, I don't remember which company I'm at right now. Now I'm an educator. Amen. I'm with you, sister. But your status, who you are, that's the great thing about our church here. We're all just family. There's no high potentate. You know, there's nobody that sits up in the cheap seats. You don't even see anybody sit up here. I, I don't know why, but they don't. Pastor sits right there. It's like there's no high potentate here. It's like we're just family. It's like nobody has to have a status. It's like we're just people. Amen? I think when we get them, come to church, pastor teaches us how to lift up Jesus Christ and not lift up him or things. Amen. But I think he does a good job of teaching us how to lift up the king. Amen. Continually. Amen. In Colossians 2 and 14, Colossians 2 and 14, I knew I was going to preach tonight and I tried everything I could do to get this green paint off my fingers. So if you guys see, I got green paint all over my hands. I'm not trying to start a status or anything. I just painted some metal today and I couldn't get it off. So we're just family, right? Amen. I do got Colossians in my Bible. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way and nailing it to the cross. Nailing our problems to the cross. Now, here you got a little saying. I don't know who made this up, but this is really cool. One man said that God can heal a broken heart, but he must have all the pieces. Sometimes we don't give him all the pieces. He died on the cross so that he could heal us from all of our situations and all of our problems, but sometimes we don't allow him to have all the pieces. But he would love to heal you from everything that's going on wrong in your life right now. And... um, In John 20, let's turn to John 20 and 25. John 20 and 25. Let's let's look at, um, let's go to verse 24. But Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see his hands, the print of his nail of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails, and thrust my hand in his side, I will not believe. And I'm one person 
that was very glad that there was this guy called Doubting Thomas. Because I never have to wonder if this Jesus really did have holes in his hands. Because there's one guy in the crowd that said, I want to see it. I want to see it. And then he goes on to say, it's greater if you could just believe and you didn't have to see. But some of us just want to see it. In a congregation this size, some want to see, some want to believe. But because this guy's seen it, it's very easy for us to believe it. Amen? He tells the story. So when Jesus was on the cross, what is the last thing that happened when it was, it is finished? It is finished. Anybody ever build anything, uh, you know, in, especially carpenters, and uh, you build something, and you step back and you look and you go, it's finished. And you're all excited and want to bring everybody else in to look at it and, and you want everybody else to see what is finished. When Jesus said it is finished, what that meant to us is, it's okay. The things that are going on in our life, it's okay. He took care of it. So tonight, I want you to think, if you were sitting down, like this video I, I showed you at the very beginning, and you were having a conversation with the Lord, is there anything that would stick out that the Lord would say, if you would just let that go, I could help you. Then he would reach his hand over and take you by the hand and help you. Well, I want to encourage you tonight by the fact that if you don't communicate well with him and if you don't tell him what to, that you need to get rid of and you don't take him by the hand, it's very difficult for him to help you. And like this video showed, I think sometimes we don't want to get rid of the things that we know really need to go. Because I can tell you for sure as your brother in the Lord, that there isn't anything that the Lord cannot do. It's just, are we willing to give up that nail that's sticking out of our head so the guy that took the nails could take care of our problems? Amen? So why don't we stand? I just want to read you something. A person does not have to be suicidal to wonder if life is worth living. He does not have to be in deep debt to feel bankruptcy. He doesn't have to be locked behind bars to be imprisoned by his own desires. Many people experience feelings and frustrations and they struggle to find real meaning in life. So as we look at that cross tonight, and you can picture the fact that Jesus went to that cross and we never need to forget that and when they nailed the nails into that cross he did that for us wouldn't it be a shame if he finished all of our problems but we weren't willing to let him go 
if we really want to have life, he came to give us life. If we really want our problems to be gone, he already took care of it. Tonight, I want to encourage you, whatever you're thinking that's hanging out of your head that you know that you need to get rid of, it's easy. You just have to do it. I'll tell you one story and then I have the altar call. I know a person, a close family member of mine. We used to ride back and forth to work. Up to this point, he was just a family man. And um, I never seen him do anything really foolish. But I start to see him flirt with this girl behind the counter at the gas station. And then every time we went to work, he would always have to go by that gas station and flirt with that girl. Now, I knew it was dangerous. And I would tell him. And he knew it was dangerous and nobody needed to tell him. But what needed to happen was the fact that he went to a different gas station. So that simple little picture of what I'm trying to say tonight is it's about giving up things that are already hanging out of our head that the Lord already can tell you that that just needs to go. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.